it's just it's become kind of routine almost. I finish work at four o'clock. I have to walk along to uh, Hope Street to get a bus. Mm. Barbarito's there. Mm. I've no, I haven't eaten. If I'm lucky, I've eaten maybe a banana and a sandwich right before work. Four o'clock, uh, and that would have been at like ten o'clock or twelve at the latest. Mm. So yeah, Barbarito just seems to be the tasty choice. Okay. Big up Barbarito, give me free stuff. So are we recording now? Is that what you're telling us? Well, that's, what, that's what I assumed. Right. I'm assuming that is in the background. Like, uh, it's the 27th of February 2019. This is Raptors in the Kitchen. I'm Paco Rodriguez and I'm joined by Neil Burrito McCulloch. Good evening, people. And I like burritos. Taco flavour kisses. Tommy Tuna Sandwich Vass. Evening. What kind of burrito do you like? What's your favourite one, Neil? My my Sunday burrito tends to be I go for brown rice. Mm-hmm. Uh I've tried the white rice and for some reason the brown rice is just better. Okay. Uh I have it's higher in fibre right here. Uh, is, uh, I have the spicy beans. Mm. It is like kind of had a mixture of different types of beans. Uh with a nice spice to it. But I also and I pay the fifty pence extra so I can get peppers and onions. Mm. I get the shredded beef. Mm. Uh, I go for the chipotle middle kind of heat sauce. I go for the the pickled red onions and a wee bit of crunch. And that was wrappers in the kitchen. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just uh, cheese and uh, sour cream. That's quite a burrito. That's tasty. It's, tasty burrito. <clears throat> it's filling. Um, we we used to there used to be like a place not far from us called Mexicali that I uh, did like a I think I got a just eat from them once yeah they were really good but like their burrito had like an entire fucking was it like was it a chorizo that was inside it it was I like uh, as well as like all it wasn't even chopped up it was yeah, like, it was, like just as the it entire was. length of the burrito was just yeah. the full fucking sausage in there it as well good. yeah it was really good as I was like kind of pulled pork and rice and stuff in it it was mm. excellent chips but yeah. like I think we were the only people what, chips in the burrito. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one. Is that, not, is that not just a hoagie then? No, because it still had like the rice and everything in it. It's right. it just like the chips was like a total novelty thing. But they went. It's mine. Oh. They went bust. Unfortunately. <clears throat> I think we're the only two guys. I mean, it's still there. Like, you kind of go buy it in the 9A and you're like, maybe someday it'll open up again. Was it won't. possibly a front for. Or front, uh, ugh, can't speak? For organised crime. Oh, absolutely. It's on Paisley Road. Are you kidding? <coughs> Everybody knows that Paisley Road is really just one entire <laughs> fucking laundry front for the, the the Glasgow, whatever the fuck. I was going to say mafia, but I don't think that works. Crime syndicate. The gangs. Aye, so, uh, movies and that. Aye. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Let's back this up a bit. How was your week, Neil? Uh, my week was alright. Uh, not really done very much. Worked. Over the weekend, uh, saw a couple of films, went to the Glasgow Film Festival quiz on Monday night with both of you, Yeah, uh, friend, friend of the podcast, Jason, <coughs> with Mogulomania, uh, my, friend, my friend Ewan as well. Would that be Mogulomania, a film odyssey? I don't know, I don't know. That you can find <laughs> on Facebook. Um, that's terrible Neil I do no, I, that was me being hmm. Neil character 
Is that what that was? Yeah. Uh, man, it's almost like your entire life is that, though. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows what mask I wear from day to day. Needless to say, that was a poorly organised quiz. Yeah, it was supposed to start at half seven. Then you don't fucking let us in till half seven. We arrived. Well, it said, it said <laughs> arrive early, uh, quiz starts at half seven. We got there like seven odds, and some of the folk that were working there, they didn't know what was going on. Huh? They were like kind of standing about with boxes and stuff, and it's like, they're not letting you in. And we're like, right, well, we'll just go to the CCA for a drink. And we went across the road, and the folk that were waiting there, the door opened, and they kind of called us over. And then some bouncer guy was like, no, 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 half seven, half seven's the doors. So I'm like, right, okay. And then, jobs and then we went then we went back and there was a fucking massive queue and the venue was far too small to house like all these people and the guy hosted it was not great is this just because he was young like he kept making a point of saying that he was born like too he was too young to remember nah, that the didn't 80s. bother me just to kind of rambled on I think, rambled it, I think on, it annoyed Tommy it, though, like, he rambled nah, on a Tommy lot Tommy hates young people so he, he rambled on a lot and it really kind of irritated me that yeah, I mean, fair enough, the guy was young, but it really irritated me at one point. He couldn't remember the answer to one of his own questions. Oh, come on, man. That's easy to do. Uh, like, he was probably up the night before just scouring Google for, like, shitty questions for these sort of things, uh, and then, like, found that, and then... I beat a few film quizzes, man, and there's a lot of... There's a bit more passion and dedication to what they've done. This guy looked like he fucking... What's your real problem here, Tommy? Was it that it was three pounds for a juice? No, well, that was <laughs> shite. But at the same time, it was just—it was just shit. I just thought it was badly organised, and it was, as I said, like there was folk pouring in, and folk were having to stand. It was very crowded. I don't think the venue was suitable for it, given that like the Glasgow Film Festival is a popular thing to go to, and I just think they could have maybe thought of a better venue. Uh, and a better quiz master. They should have got the guys that hosted the City World one for you well, who actually did host the GFT one before it moved to City World one, and then it just became defunct. Yeah. Right, I've got a question, Tommy. Then <clears throat> I might answer uh, it. I might not. As we ascertained, you thought three pound for a juice was too much. Mm. What is your ideal price point for a pub juice for a pound for a pint of Pepsi Max? Draft Pepsi, draft Pepsi Max. Uh, One pound fifty. No, no more. Fair enough. It's reasonable. Reasonable. Three pound is not reasonable. It's unrealistic. But depends where you go. Three pound is fucking a joke for a pint of Pepsi. Yeah, especially considering like a beer is three pound fifty in the same place. Yeah, but fair, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, but we we came eighth though, which was alright. Like we should also say that like a uh, our friend Jason, twenty five, our friend Jason who uh, runs the Mogulmania Film Odyssey mm. thing on Facebook, uh, came in first. Uh, tried to deduct points from us. Did he? I thought he said he came in second. Yeah, he came in second but to the people who like, were running it. it last year or something like that. Uh, it was like so, like they got disqualified and then they got the first place prize. Ah, uh, right, I never worked. So yeah, I think they were they were, they couldn't have won it, so they were just like, doing it for bragging rights. And then Jason that won it, and they won was it uh, three eight? subscriptions, three year long subscriptions to movie. Cool. Uh, fair play to them though man bragging rights and all that he tried to he tried to point off us because he tried to say that Jonah Hill wasn't the 40 year old virgin which I absolutely yeah, corrected that's him that's one of the best bits it is it is wait a minute when was that related to a question was that after I left it that was, was after you left yeah for the, I think it was like for the filmography you had to write uh, 12 films that Jonah Hill's been in it was the only one to get 12 out of 12 right? yeah right. <laughs> but man like his uh, part in the 40 year old virgin is one of my favourite 
sketches of all time. The Final Verge is a very entertaining film yeah. anyway, but he, his, his bit in it is his great. His bit in it is so ludicrous, it's fucking great. Yeah, you can tell they probably just went, right, this is what we want you to hold during the scene and you have to sell it. Mm. <laughs> and it's like two glittery, Bowie-esque, 70s fucking... Uh, yeah, gl- silver glittery boots. Yeah, and I he's, just, I just, he's just it... sitting there dressed as we beat in his hat, you're like... What is this guy, man? Like, what's what's the fuck? That's such a nothing part, just, but that, it's so funny. Just the, the line where he's like, "I just want to go home and put these on," but you're making it extremely difficult for me. It's good though because it goes with the whole joke of why the eBay shop. I why yeah. think he runs an eBay shop because even like Corell and all that's like I don't get it. So like you sell these things, well, yeah, but on eBay, it's like so. It's, I mean, essentially, she's a storage unit. Yeah, but let's see. That's the thing that I don't understand about that whole bit is like. If she just sells stuff on eBay, why does she have a desk, a and, desk a, a computer? and well, a computer? Well, I get why, that. Why does she have a store that people can come into yeah. and see the products she's selling on eBay? Yeah. Surely she should just be she should be like a Chinese takeaway where it's just a counter, just a counter, and yeah. you can see the window into the back kitchen. But I mean, like I guess the way she does it though, like what what she should really have is another computer set up so that if they see something they like, yeah, right. they can immediately Al- Al- go. Massive, on. Mass Effect Two shops. Yeah. What you mean, yeah. like an Argus? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. like, if they see something like, they can then immediately go on eBay and buy it, and then just take it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, again, that's like, the whole thing is a few folk that say, I don't get it, so what do you sell? And then that scene happens and Jonah Hill's like, wait, I don't get it. And then, then Krell kind of looks at her and kind of smiles and walks off. And then it's like, yeah, so I'll just give you some money and buy these straight up. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> give you some money and, and go. It's like, these are beautiful. Yeah, they crack me up. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sketch They crack me up. That whole sketch is fucking great. It also has probably the funniest thing Kevin Hart's ever done was life. Yeah. Isn't that he's got that scene of the forty-year-old virgin where I'm going to fees for the price on the house. Aye, and Krell gets involved. <laughs> aye, forty-year-old virgin. The, the two and a half hour cut is excellent. <laughs> it's a, a really fucking good movie. Yeah, man, when was that? Two thousand and four, I think it was. Yeah, that's a big while ago. Two thousand four, two thousand five, I think. Uh, yeah, man, that was ages ago. So how's your week been, Tom? Uh, before I get to that, I also didn't know that the band was called Asia that sung in the heat of the moment. I just, really? I just knew that tune. Back <laughs> uh, my week's been fine, man. Watched some films, uh, did some walking. Me and you were walking today. Yeah, we did the the You're about to say Craig, Craig Lang. Lang reverse it. Still game the Lang Craig circuit in Dumbarton. Where mm. Neil's from? Not from Dumbarton. Yeah, whatever. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's from Alexandria. Yep. Um, which I mean, I'd, is it not the same thing though? No. Okay. Um, yeah. So we did that. That was we had a really good day for it as well. It was nice and sunny. Uh, our good friend Stevie Paul was supposed to be joining us, but him and Paco thought it'd be a good laugh to go to the gym the night before and do a we really. I think it'd be a good laugh. We're in a course. We're enrolled in a six-week course in which they did Tuesday a nights. in which they did a grueling session, fucking both their legs up. Yeah. And uh, Paul turned up and he couldn't go because he could barely lift his knees. <laughs> no, but I was told I was told he had a sore arse. I mean, that's he's, why. He I thought you had a sore arse. He, he did as well. From their grueling session. Yeah. Well, he he was he was on it. I mean, he fucking managed to walk no bother. I mean, there's a couple of times where there was like uphill bits or steps. You see no bother, man. I was in a fucking lot of pain. You hid it well. You hid it well. Like, Especially with the heroin. 
<laughs> when I had to bend down to pick my bag up, it was like fuck it, oh, it was horrible. Yeah, but we did that. That was we had a good day for that. Uh, Ten I, miles, you you managed in trainers without complaining once. I that was there. Yeah. Well, the only thing I complained about was again I did say a couple of times because you're like you're all right, and I says I have just got really inappropriate footwear because mm. you know those gravelly stones are very jaggy, and we went through a couple of mud pits and fucking <laughs> I had to do a, a fucking uh, Mission Impossible across a, across a fence to get onto a path because I really didn't want my trainers to get any more fucking muddy than what they already were. Absolutely, all of that sounds hellish it was alright we, so did, we it. did they know during it that Pollock would have probably really enjoyed it and you would have hated every second of it yeah that sounds horrendous it was uh, it was enjoyable it, it was, was like really easy going like the yeah. most surprising thing about it was like when you were at the foot of the cliffs they seemed completely insurmountable like they were they looked gigantic and then <clears throat> it was like what 10 minutes to get to the top of them well, we like nothing at first we didn't know we, we thought we were just going to be at the face of it like sorry yeah. at, the, at, the, at the bottom of it we didn't think oh fuck we're actually going to go up these cliffs and then we did and then when you came down the, you looked the, they looked really fucking daunting uh, from a wee bit away but it was surprisingly very easy yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like good views of the the first yeah. uh, Clyde and stuff like the that good th- I mean as, as I said though we had the weather on our side see if that was like fucking pissing rain and windy that would have nah, been hell shit yeah. um but yeah, that was fun. Uh, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, that's How far are you into now, darling? Uh, chapter 6. Uh, my brother accidentally spoiled a bit for me, to which he had mentioned, he's like, are you this bit when this happens? I went, eh, or, you know, he goes, has this happened to you yet? And I says, no, nah, does that happen? He says, aye, that happens early doors. And I went, you sure? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then when I was on chapter 6, the very a very big uh, I don't want to say twist but the, the the story takes a turn and I was like see if I didn't know that this had happened this would be so impactful but I was like oh fuck he's he's gotta got himself confused it's chapter six when it occurs oh well but it was still good uh, I'm still enjoying it. I don't want the game to end I love it that much uh, and I've it, wa- do you know it's quite funny that he's got confused that he thought it was earlier because see when that twist happens yeah. It's still a hell of a lot of game we played. But, the, well, I, I don't want to ruin it more for Tommy, though, but you find out later on that it did happen earlier. Chapter 6 is when he starts to... Oh, yeah, it. yeah, chapter 6 is like You don't the, find out until later yeah. on why he got it, how he got it. No, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, uh, so, well, Gav's defence, and maybe he, he knew about it way before Chapter 6, but... No, I, he, he'll, he'll be talking about... He knows when Arthur got... Stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was yeah. I'm still as I said. I just I don't want the game to end. I'm fucking enjoying the shit out of it. It's like when it ends, I'm gonna just go back and do the side missions because I love just roaming about in that world. Um, I watched a couple of westerns uh, because of that. <laughs> but in saying that, it wasn't just western. Like I kind of I was like right. I, I kind of want to watch a, an old film, but I didn't know what I wanted to watch, uh, and I ended up uh, scrolling past. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid so I was like well I only I watched that not long ago and that is a great film but I was like you know what I've not what I was like alright Redford Newman I was like you know what I've not watched The Sting since I think as, a, as an adult and I re-watched that and it was still is that because that came up as one of the answers in the pub quiz no no like, no because that, that was that was After, that was last night. night wasn't it no pub quiz was Monday, Monday. Monday. Hi, no, I, what I, this <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no, I, I watched uh, last week uh, just because I was like oh fuck because I was just kind of scrolling through and I said alright I'll, I'll stick that on and I rewatched it and again The Sting's a fucking great movie really really good movie and then after that I decided to stick on uh, Marathon Man because again I was scrolling through like 70s classics that's an entertaining film 
but it raises a lot of questions. <laughs> is that similar to the Million Dollar Man? It is not. What's Mar- what's what, Mar- Ted DiBiase? Like what's, what happens in it? What, the Million Dollar Man? Your jokes lost a menial. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Like you're happy with it, but... I'm so pleased with myself. Yeah. Like you're just going... What happens uh, in Marathon Man? Yeah. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's character is... He's a... He's a student, but he's also like an avid jogger. But his brother Roy Scheider is actually like works for the government and does it gets involved in a lot of shady things. And Lawrence Olivier's character is a Nazi who's been on the run since the war and is coming back to reclaim gold. But Roy Scheider has kind of put a dent in that idea, and because Hoffman is related to Scheider, he kind of gets involved in the the, the whole conspiracy. What's the marathon got to do with it? Uh, he just likes, he likes jogging. He likes yeah. jogging. Um, that's it. Uh, it's an honor. It's an it's an entertaining film, um, but it's full of fucking plot holes and stuff that just happens and it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's very good escapist entertainment, but there's there's a couple of times where I'm like, wait, hold on, what? You know, are you, are you old enough to remember when Snickers were called marathons? Yeah, um, barely, barely, barely. Um, I, yeah. I remember it nearly. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the the westerns I rewatched was um, the Coen Brothers' uh, True Grit. And uh, Tombstone. I'm oh. going to go back to the marathon thing. Did they right. change the name of that because people died in the marathon or something like that? No, it was just uh, it was, Snickers has always been an American name. Right. So they just changed worldwide. But was branding. it not? Did it not also coincide with like there was like no. deaths in the London marathon or something? No. And, like they changed the name. I don't, I don't, I, I don't I remember don't deaths in so. a marathon. I don't remember I'm deaths to, in I'm the totally London marathon. I'm totally going to look that up. That's in my head as if it might have happened. But um, uh, also the, the internet will help us. Yeah. Uh, so how was the, the, uh, the Western? Uh, True Grit is still very good. Uh, this is the remake? Uh, the Coen Brothers remake is excellent. Um, Hayley Steinfeld is great in it. Uh, Jeff Bridges is great. Everyone's great. Matt, Matt Damon's good. Uh, even though um, things... Oh, shit. Uh, Josh Brolin's all in it for a wee bit. He's good. It's it's all round. It's just a really well ma- well made western. I mean, ever since No Country for Old Men, if there's one genre where you see the Coen Brothers, it's like a Coen Brothers western. You're like, it's gonna be good. Um, again, recently Buster Scruggs, I thought was very good. Was a was the original True Grit any good? It's fine. Um, it's like it's probably everybody's granda's favorite movie, along with Zulu. Um, Zulu is it? Zulu's a good movie. I'm just saying that uh, if someone okay, says... Okay, I, I, I haven't watched Zulu in quite a while. Yeah. So I'm sure in, the, in 2019 it's probably really problematic. But I remember Zulu being a good film. Yeah, but um, like when someone said, I was like, oh, when did you watch... Oh, have you seen True Grit? Have you seen this John Wayne film? Usually it's like, yeah, I watched it with son, on a Sunday one time with Granda because mm. Grandas love cowboys and that and yeah, love John Wayne. Man. Grandas love cowboys and John Wayne in that. Even though John Wayne was a horrendous human being. Yes, he was. Um, was he in Dirty Dozen? No. Who was in that? Dallas and Alice. Uh, Lee Marvin, Clint Eastwood. Uh, was Clint Eastwood? No. Was he the Dirty Dozen? I'm nah, thinking of Kelly's Heroes. I, I don't think he was in Dirty Dozen. Yeah. I'd say that's my dad's favourite film. Alright. Uh, again, when I was in Spain, we watched it together, and I'm sure it should have been some form of bonded experience, but it was also in Spanish, so I couldn't understand what was going on. Oh dear. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the original Sugar, I remember enjoying, but I think that the Coen Brothers one's better. Um, 
and Tombstone. I haven't I haven't seen that since I was a teenager. That's a fine effort. It's a fine fine is effort. Hold up. Is yeah. That, is it a comedy? No, no. Uh, what am I thinking of? What's the one with a? What's his face? The crazy guy that done Apocalypto. Mel Gibson. Oh, you're thinking of Maverick. Maverick, right. Maverick's still a good movie. Yeah, still, still, still entertaining what's, and it's cheesy. What's Tombstone? Tombstone's... Uh, Wyatt Earp film. Yeah. Gunfight at the OK Corral. It's got Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton, right, 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 yeah. Sam Elliott. Yeah, but the the plot being is that Wyatt Earp's a retired uh, lawman. They're coming to Tombstone because Tombstone's a very prosperous town and they're coming to kind of, you know, make their wealth and prosper. But as they want to do that the town of Tombstone is rife with trouble and uh, Michael Bain and his pals uh, and Powers Booth and I think uh, Billy Bob Thornton's in it as well a lot of it's, it's a lot like of baddies it's like a total all star yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, lot, a lot of baddies turn up as it's, they have to have a fight every now Kurt Russell's excellent is that it? the one where like Val Kilmer keeps saying I'll be your Huckleberry is yeah, that that? yeah. And then, like, he dies of tuberculosis mm-hmm. uh, yes yeah. Is that one uh, Val Kilmer's that's easily one of his finest roles in terms of his work I was talking to someone else about this uh, in work and I was like Val Kilmer's finest efforts well Kiss Kiss Bang Bang's up there Tombstone and like The Doors I think that's like the three things where like Val Kilmer's actually oh, and, Top Gun, Gun, and Top Gun and Top Gun was he Gun. in Deja Vu yes yeah because that's when you were kind of like oh man there's Big uh, Val he's, uh, he's enjoyed a burger or two since <laughs> Since back in the day, <laughs> to be fair, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was his fat Val coming out party. But he's really good in uh, like Kiss Kiss Bang he's Bang is it's, a very underrated yeah. film. Uh, before Shane Black made shit like The Predator, he was really good at making films about uh, wee detective stories, and that's one of them. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Tombstone's a really really entertaining movie, uh, as is True Grit. Um, I may watch some more. Uh, well, Neil's had to be Django and Django. What was the other second one you had me? Um, coffin. I said, bring me a coffin for Django. Yeah. So I'll probably watch them. Uh, also, what else are we doing? Uh, rereading Hellbla- some Hellblazer graphic novels that Neil gave me. Uh, I'm in the middle of rereading Dangerous Habits, which I'm is. They're called Craig Paperback. Yeah, well. There is a difference. Yeah, well. I'm in the middle Is that of reading. A fancy word for your picture books. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle of uh, rereading Dangerous Habits, which is one of my favourite uh, graphic novels or whatever you want to call them. Is that the one where he's got cancer? Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very good story. Um, the art is not great, but it's of its time. Um, but it's it's still an excellent story. Um, oh, I, I finished the first volume of Akira. It's a good. It? Yeah, it's really good. It's different. It's there's a lot more to it. It takes, it goes in directions which the film doesn't go in. Does it? How much does it actually stick to the plot of the movie? I mean, other way around. You know what I mean? How much? You, how the, similar the, the, is the plot? The movie. The movie has the main driving plot. It's the kind of stuff around it. Mm. Um, how familiar are you with the film Akira have you seen it like a well, lot it quite a few times were you yeah. with us when we watched it in the no. GFT like last year or whatever no, no you was, were there right yeah it was me you Lee no Lee wasn't there it was me you Lauren Andy somebody. Kranich uh, yeah me you Lauren Andy Kranich yeah, that right that wasn't last year I think it was the year before was it I think so it's when yeah. I realised just how much uh, Final Fantasy 7 had ripped Akira off that was the first time I seen Akira 
There's a lot, a lot of Final Fantasy Seven in that movie. Alright, yeah. Um, How's your week? There it is. I was wondering. I was wondering if it was going to come. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> hey, Sweet. I, I think my week's pretty much been covered, though, isn't it, man? Like, I uh, went walking with you today. Went to the pub quiz on Monday. Went to the gym last night. Uh, which is a sentence I never thought I'd hear come out of my mouth. Uh, I'm only really there for Pollock, though. Like, I'm still fighting the whole notion of going to a gym with every fiber of my body because uh, it just doesn't. It's not for me. It's uh, really. I think there's a, a reason I avoided them my entire life. Yeah. Okay. You ever been in a gym, Neil? You have. I've been in many gyms. The only reason I'm no longer in a gym is because of my physical ailments make it practically impossible for me to do these things mm. without being in pain. Even upper body stuff? No, I could do upper body stuff. I just... I need to find what I can do upper body wise hmm. but um, just because the arthritis many any kind of impact and I'm done I, I was lucky enough that uh, nobody had their mobile phones out when I was in there though because I had a total video that would have been put on fail army effort where uh, I was talking to Steve-O as I was trying the treadmill for the mm-hmm. very first time ever and uh, he talked about how he usually sets it to like 11 in kind of runs and uh, I was like, okay, just kind of had that in my head. So I pressed an 11 while I was running on it and I didn't realise that I was moving backwards on the treadmill until I could hear my heels squeaking against the edge of it as Pollock was telling us, hey, watch it, you know, like to kind of make sure you don't go too far back. And I completely just got catapulted off it across the fucking uh, gym floor shouting, oh, fuck, at the same time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's on a security camera somewhere. Well, I'll be on the internet at some point then. Did uh, you see MD doing some crazy shit at the gym? No, I was looking out for it though, man, because that is one of my favourite things of all time. Have you not? Were you not tempted to do something mental at the gym? Nah, no. but yeah, like people misusing gym equipment, like because they don't know how to use it properly. Like I find hilarious, especially. Well, how many of them don't know how to use it, and how many are like this will be a fun video for the internet? No, I think like more so than that, it's like most people seem to have it in mind that this is them trying to get better at sex. And it's so obvious that they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you're, like yeah, you, wh- whatever they're doing, you're like, you're quite clearly thinking this is going to improve your sex life, you fucking moron. The one I always think of is the, the guy who's like holding like the straps here and there. Uh, he's and got them around his fucking ankles. Uh, as well. And he's like, fucking yeah. jiggling about like, a, I don't know, is it, is it the star position? And I'm like, what is he, was he possibly working out? <laughs> and then there's like, there's other ones where like, uh, the guy's got like the kind of high tensile band around his waist and all he's doing is just pumping motions uh, and like folk are just fucking recording them in the gym and laughing at it because it's ridiculous it's so stupid the other one I like it's not in the gym though is when it's again uh, the, <laughs> the guy is on the treadmill but he's he's kind of sitting on a chair and he's eating crisps and the treadmill's below and he's just kind of he's just, yeah, kinda just walking. moving his foot ah, he's moving his foot like ever so slightly <laughs> I was like that's kind of funny <laughs> but yeah gym suck yeah, they're 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 not great. The old games. No, look, when I, when I could do it, I used to actually, I much preferred going to the gym because I was one of those treadmill people, just going, like not not so much. To be fair, I've see, never been a runner. There's always that kind of yeah fast walk type thing. Out, out of all the things that we tried in the gym, right? Other than the actual the actual course thing with like the personal trainer guy was like, 
relatively interesting because like he obviously kind of spoke us through mm. like some of the, the kind of more complicated things like I, I think we did was it deadlifts is that was no not dead I don't know what's the thing called is it lunges is it weighted lunges I've, I've no idea I've already forgot it's basically, basically you're doing squats but basically you're, I had you're, like you're the, the yeah I had like the bar with the weights on it like behind my head like mm. resting my neck and I had to like squat down to the ground and back up whatever that's called that's not deadlifting right that's something else no, no deadlifting it's is like when you yeah. pick it up mm. from the yeah whatever that thing's called we did them and he kept adding weight to it and then like he kind of got us in when we were like we were essentially just pushing like loads of weights with our legs and stuff like that like from like a kind of seated position uh, they were kind of interesting but yeah like out of all the other ones like uh, our friend Stephen Pollock showed us like just the kind of upper body ones uh, they were all kind of I, I didn't really take to them but the treadmill was actually more fun than I thought it would be was the guy like shouting at you or no, trying to motivate you no he was fine he was... so it's, <laughs> it's like he's not a drill sergeant he's no not, but I know. just like, you were, I remember you saying like he really I think you were like man he put us through the ringer big time yeah no like it was all voluntary though it was like he kept saying you know what do you want to do can you handle more kind of thing and I would kept saying to him I was like just you decide here man just like if you want to you know, put more weight on the thing, then we'll go with your judgment on it, kind of thing. And they, and they did. And the Pollock cope right with? Yeah, yeah. I get, I don't know. I've just got flashes. Steve, like, oh my god, oh, oh, oh Jesus, no, he Jesus was, he was, oh Christ, he was a hundred percent like that. But, uh, he did it. He did all it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It was good to see him like get properly into it. Do you mean like he could tell that he was like trying to take everything on board and stuff, man? Like he's kind of. He's making a serious go of it, which is which is cool. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like my fucking ass hurts so much today. It's unreal, man. Like try to walk up or down stairs or like bend down to fucking pick up my bag or whatever, man. It's just a fucking nightmare. Works can be fun for you tomorrow. Yeah. Like I'm hoping like it's healed significantly by tomorrow, but like I'm not going to take any risks. I'll, I'll be taking painkillers before I start that shift. Fucking guaranteed, man. Mm. But like we've done like ten miles. I don't say that. We ran 10 miles today, but it was every time we got to steps, that was the problem. My job is primarily steps for four no. hours. But yeah, so look at the guy also, uh, he got us to keep it. This is, sorry man, I apologize. I'll make this quick. He made us take a, a food diary for the week. And uh, I didn't lie on it. Like I showed him exactly what I've been eating, which is like a lot of rolls and sausage with black pudding and like pre-packed sandwiches and chocolate and. But juice have you also mentioned him? You've lost five stone over yeah, the course of six yeah. months. But that's like you know I don't think he really is it took six that. months. Yeah, but these body fascists don't care about them. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like he, he really doesn't. He doesn't like the. the it's like I got a row off him. Uh, I got told that from now on I'm supposed to do clean eating. Uh, and I was like, I said to him, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, clean. okay. But I know very well. Today you've had chocolate and uh, oh, a I pizza just and ate chips. a pizza and Cajun fries for dinner. Yeah. Uh, for lunch, I had a triple pack of uh, fajita wraps. For breakfast, I had a pack of uh, hoisin duck wraps. Uh, I've had a chocolate bar. I've had fruit. Yeah, I had fruit. I had a big protein shake. That, uh, what what is that? That was the chocolate bar. You were you were fucking. Uh, it was really good. Uh, was it not just like a Sainsbury's own effort? And you were yeah. blown away by yeah, it. It was like a it was like dark chocolate with a praline through it. It was amazing. It was right. really good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the. Do you remember the? Cho- do they still make the chocolate bar marble? Oh, I wish. No, they don't. That was because I had praline. Milk. Was it? No, it was just uh, was white, white chocolate. White chocolate and dairy milk chocolate. Mm. I thought it had like praline or marzipan or something through nah. it. Nah. No, it was white chocolate and milk chocolate. Alright, okay. 
Oh, and now I want one thanks Tommy they were limited edition <laughs> <laughs> they might be like Lewis for gold man they might be, come, be brought back and if it sells enough they'll keep them Dark and Golds as well with Dew we're due a, a return of the Dark and Gold Mars bar oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they were that, fucking yeah. really good you still get Mars ice creams it's just hard to find them sometimes I was never a fan of a Mars ice cream we should maybe just start up a do you remember that sweet podcast <laughs> I'd be fine with that yeah I could tell you that under probably. the Raptors of the Kitchen umbrella yeah <laughs> definitely Raptors of the Kitchen presents Mind Those Sweets Mind Them <laughs> Aye, Mind Them it just be called Mind Them because we talk about loads of more not just sweets but loads of our stuff because you know we're all in our mid to late 30s and can Mind all the good days. I also watched a few more episodes of Parks and Rec, which, like, I'm only on season two, and I, I've been told that those are the bad seasons, but I've still been really enjoying it. Uh, like, yeah. from now season, on, season one's fine. Yeah. Season two, it gets better. Yeah, from now on, whenever I take... What was that? I do not know. Right. It's in one piece. Hey. Yeah, the from, fuck did that fall? I knocked it with my hand. Oh, right, okay. From now on, whenever I like hand, get, have a handshake with somebody, if mm. it's a bad handshake, I will no longer use the phrase, it's like a dead fish. I will instead use the phrase, it's like touching raw chicken. <laughs> Which is what a... Uh, mm. Who was it that said it in the show? Uh, April. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, you've never seen it? No, before. I've seen like episodes here and there when right. Tom was watching the first time around, but... Yeah. Man, what a fucking great thing for a bad handshake! It's like touching raw chicken. There is a lot of good stuff, man. But I'm a firm when when um, fucking uh, Adam Scott and uh, Rob Lowe come into it. That's when for me the show gets really good. Oh yeah, that's when it properly kind of finds its pace. But yeah. season two is alright. It's decent stuff yeah. in there. It's funny. Like I've been yeah. enjoying it. They made the right decision to can that character Mark. He's he's, yeah. he's a nothing character, and he's not really that likable. He's a bit of a yeah. cunt. I thought he was alright. I also started watching the TV show version of something that I'm blanking on right now. The Why Mist. It? The Mist, it was, yeah. Did we speak about this already? Yeah, I remember you saying. Um, which seems alright, but like it just seems just alright. You mean just like the film? Except that ending? Yeah, that that ending was pretty fucking good though. Mm. But, uh, the, the TV show kind of, as you'd expect, is less cohesive than the movie was. Yeah. The, the uh, movie f- felt like a TV movie. Uh, like rather than a Frank Darabont movie but now though the the mist seems to do that thing that is mega popular these days where not only are there actual physical horrible things in the mist but it also shows you your worst fears oh uh, Jesus so that's rubbish yeah it's essentially bird in, box, I, I, want, I wonder if there was that in actually the in book. the book yeah that's, 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 that's sounds like a Stephen King trope the kind of thing that Stephen King would do yeah it does sound like certainly a, around the era of that uh, I can't remember like the mist do you ever get told why it happens in the movie it's like the uh, the military open up like a interdimensional portal to like some kind of weird yeah. thing is that not also the story of Dreamcatcher Dreamcatcher is that not aliens is that not like there's an alien invasion and they it's like little worms that are trying to make their way to a water supply so they can infect people Jesus Christ man Stephen King was really I reaching at that point. I've seen a Dreamcatcher where somebody gets one of them up their anus. Yeah, no, no, no. Like it's it's in them already, and they think that they've got stomach problems, Aye. and then like they go to the toilet and it bursts out their arse. Right, that's what it is. I never watched Dreamcatcher because you're every, not missing. Every, it. Everybody 
I talked to said it was fucking awful. Is his name Damien Lewis? Is that Damien Lewis yeah. in it? And yeah. there's Morgan, Morgan Freeman's in it. Aye, yeah. that's right. But yeah, like the the whole thing is like they need to stop the things from reaching the reservoir because if they do, they'll propagate yeah. it at numbers that are unmanageable. Is that your worst Stephen King adaptation? I'm not yeah, a huge fan of Stephen King. Like, I mean, like I've I don't know, I've seen that. The only Stephen King books I've read or even tried to read, sorry, are The Start of Desperation and The Start of Fire Starter. Wait, did you not read The Stand? No, I've seen a TV show that's about a TV show. Like I like a lot of the, the <laughs> movies and TV shows based on Stephen yeah, King stuff. A big finger. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, see the other day that episode of Star Trek was on where the Enterprise has been held, held by a big space. green hand like that, yeah. man. It was fucking brilliant. Do you remember who it was by? Who was holding it? Oh fuck! It's a god. It's it's it's, it's a Greek god, is it not? Yeah, Apollo. Is, is it Apollo? Why? Why? Oh. The, how did you see that? What was that? Just uh, on Sky? It was on the telly, I, I was just like, <laughs> Jesus, what the, why not just have it stopped? Why do you have to have a hand holding yeah. it like it's a fucking fly? It, just, it looks terrible. As well. Oh, it's gaff. It's, like, it's not a bad episode, it's just it looks shit. Um, but yeah, just that bit of the stand. Well, there, there's again, there's talk of them remaking the stand for, forever. Yeah. I think Stephen King's writing to be amazingly fucking dull. I don't mind a Stephen King. Like I'm, he's I'm, got, he's got some really good stuff. He's got a lot of really average stuff. Yeah, but the man, he's, the man's been in the game since like the early seventies. So yeah. it's one of those efforts where if you're going to do that genre, it's kind of like that Family Guy joke. It's yeah. a, oh, let must, you're it's like, man. I mean, fucking, yeah. how much more can you crank out? Like his early stuff is his really good stuff. But that, like, yeah, Ca- I, I Carrie's like, a great uh, book. See, the thing is, I like, I like the movie of Carrie. I like the movie of The Shining. I like the movie of. A, I went Redemption. Yeah, like there's a bunch of like I think he's Green like Mile. a good storyteller, mm-hmm. but his actual writing is just so drab. Yeah. Like I, I, misery's great. Misery, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. just yeah. The, the actual books themselves, like it's his writing that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. But yeah, there there is a lot of like decent like Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. He's not Dan Brown. <laughs> oh but, like, Christ, he's not great either, though. Like. Uh, again, I've Probably only angering some people just now. I've, I think I've only read like I've read three or two and a half because I I never finished Gerald's game not because I wasn't enjoying it. It's just I put it down and I never picked it back up. But the the TV adaptation of that was all right. Um, Misery the book has got a lot more in it than the film uh, in terms of it's a, a lot more gross. Uh, and again, Carrie. I never read it as a horror. I read it as a, a tragic drama, and by the end of it, I kind of agreed with Carrie. <laughs> it's like, fuck these people, man. You're being bullied. Apart from the teacher, fuck these people. Okay. <laughs> there you go, everybody. Tommy advocating murder through psychokinesis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neil, you know that you also agree with that. Uh, this is very true. Like, you're trying to demonise the man, but like I would think you'd be hard-pressed to walk up to anybody in the street and not be like, do you kind of think that humans deserve it? If you could, if you could like scanner them, you would. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cycles in the kitchen. Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's not go down that route. Mm. Okay. So speaking of bad things, Tommy. Bad things. Yeah. All right. Okay. You saw Cold Pursuit. I have a question. Did mm-hmm. we not talk about that last week? No, because nope. I hadn't seen anything last week. Oh no, it, I seen Boy Raised. Is Cold Pursuit? Yeah, another point in Liam Neeson's career 
where he's trying to break out of this rut he finds himself in of making action films which are bad in an attempt to not halt his career but maybe not get typecast anymore but I thought from the trailer of Cobra Suit it was just one of those shitty action movies again yeah but from what Tommy Vass tells me it's really bad uh, Cobra Suit's weird because you, you, you had like um, I mean ever since Liam Neeson did Taken which was amazingly successful he has just got into this routine of go to action films and probably makes a wee bit of box office um, which is strange given that he's in the twilight of his career Um Cold Pursuit's a weird film because unlike Run All Night, Unknown, Taken, Walk Amongst the Tombstones, Walk Amongst the Tombstones was alright because that wasn't really that was more a detective film than an action film. Cold Did you per- say Unknown already? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was that one in the trailers of the commuter? Yeah, I never seen. What was the, no? What was the one where he was in a plane? A Limitless. No, that that's, that's that's the Bradley Bad Cooper. Cooper. No, but it was something like that though. No Limit. Yeah, it says it's somewhat no it's limit. Somewhat that. Anyway, but Cold Pursuit's a weird film. Um, it's it's like the director watched Fargo and then watched Kill Bill and then watched any other crappy action film. Um, just because of the way it's like the way it's made, it's um, it's got Liam Neeson and Laura Dern's in it for a couple of minutes, and she's like his wife, and it's again, it's a strange one. But the, the crux of the plot is Liam Neeson lives uh, on the outskirts of Denver in this really kind of snowy mountain town uh, and uh, his boy is killed and then he ends up ends up being like a, a gang hit because of a, a drug deal gone wrong and then it almost kind of like a smoking aces end thing becomes this big clusterfuck of people trying to get after this one person Um. But yeah, and it's it's very strange. As the Kill Bill thing I'm talking about is the way it's presented. It feels like any time someone is killed, like their name comes up and it says so and so with her wee gangster nickname dead, and that happens a lot. Like any time that someone dies, that happens, and then it tries to give you a wee bit of backstory on that person. Some because uh, the main focus is Liam on Liam Neeson a lot of the time. A lot of it will focus on the villain who's terrible, extremely hammy terrible acting terrible dialogue um uh, which runs all the way through the film but that guy in particular is terrible um what's what's terrible about it everything it's just it's it's badly made it's just, it's like it doesn't know what it wants to be it lacks focus there's tight there's parts of the film where stuff just happens but it feels like there's a scene missing for it it goes from a to c without b and you're like well wait a minute and then when it does give you kind of tries to give you exposition it doesn't work uh, the character development again is not good, uh, but the thing is, I didn't hate it. Um, some of the some of the killing was cool. Um, it tries to be a bit of a dark comedy at times. I mean, it, in, it injects a lot of humor where you're kind of like, "That's weird," or there's a scene in it where you're again, you're just kind of watching, thinking, "This is strange." I mean, why why is that in it? It's as if it can't decide what it wants to be. It doesn't know if it's a revenge thriller, a family drama, a dark comedy. Or, you know, an ensemble action piece. Um, it is extremely messy and very f- unfocused. Does it invoke either a chess game or a piece from a chessboard to indicate that someone is intelligent no, at any point? No, no. It, 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 it does that thing. Everybody's got a nickname. 
even from right, like right, right, e- right. even from like your lowly stooge whenever he dies or she dies is this their name comes up like Mark I, I don't know I'm making is it up maybe like Mark be, Desmond and in brackets Iggy is and this then trying like to be dead. a Guy Ritchie film it feels like it feels like uh, someone has watched Revolver and Fargo yeah. and well Fargo's a great movie but it tries to invoke that dark humour in there uh, in amongst this kind of you know serious situation it's a strange one because I didn't hate it but it is shit uh, and I am in no rush to watch it again. There we go, slap that in the box. <laughs> yeah, Laura Dern. I didn't hate it, but it is. Laura Dern plays Liam Neeson's wife, and then there's a point again. I'll, I'll spoil it because she crash a ship into. She she's there, and then like her her boy dies, and then some scenes happen, and then Liam Neeson comes back to a note, and she's left him. You're like, wait, what? what? Just hmm. out of the blue, I was like, Laura, was Laura Dern in the area, and she suggested. I'll do a day and a half work and then I'll fuck off because I'm like I have no idea why you're in this anybody could have done this part it must have just been such an easy payday or maybe you owe decent a favourite or something because it just made no sense because the character was just there because we need a mum we need a wife there's Laura Dern and we're going to cut her in a wee bit well, I think now you're getting uh, to a larger problem with Hollywood Tom it was just strange because like <laughs> anybody could have done it as like for someone of the like because Laura Derning's a great actress and for some of the caliber of what she did I don't know of of what she's capable of I don't know why she accepted this role because there's absolutely nothing in it for her to do she barely has dialogue and her acting is not great but I, again well, I put that I, it's easy cash money then, right? but again I put that down to a lot of really poor direction which also, this film is rife with after hitting rock bottom with The Last Jedi I'm sure anything she's in there will be better um, she kind of well, I, I think that's well, you know. I don't know, maybe yeah. that kind of one's yeah. yet again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, no, like Twin Peaks: The Return, she was excellent in. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a strange one. Uh, I, I didn't hate it, but it is shit. It's not worth your time. It, it really isn't. It has no idea what it wants to be, and as an audience member, neither did I. Fair enough. You don't know what you want to be. I know what that want to be. I know I want to be entertained by a coherent film and I did not get that. Zing. <laughs> Would you, what else do you watch, Neil? Uh, I watched the Netflix documentary Behind the Curve, which is about the... Parabolas. Not quite. If only it wasn't as terrifying as Parabolas. It's about flat earthers and how they're all absolutely mental. Uh, I don't really have that much to say about it apart from it's a really fun watch unless you're a flat earther because then you're an idiot and you probably wouldn't want to watch your own people get proven wrong all the time so is by it, science so I mean it is supposed to be like a documentary right yeah it's definitely who, who made it though is it supposed flat to be flat earthers was it not? It's no made it's, by not, flat it's not made by flat earthers alright is it mega biased though? Like, does it quite clearly um, present itself as a look at these fucking loons no it's um, it's quite it's quite even-handed with them, to be honest, because you get you get the various kind of high-profile people within the flat earther community, um, but you also get scientists as well, and a lot of the scientists are like, okay, these people exist, they're mental, but you have to kind of find a common ground with them so you can open that dialogue, whereas the flat earthers are like, no, you're right. This is what we believe. So everything we do is to get to this 
to prove that this exists rather than the scientific approach which is anything this is this is this is what we think might might be the case so here's a process yeah yeah to prove it i think it's a term confirmation bias yeah it's entertaining obviously if you're of the of the kind of leanings where you maybe believe in this stuff you'll maybe find it a bit kind of annoying that you're being that they're being portrayed as more of a kind of as a kind of fringe thing but to the rest of the world that's what they are hmm. so yeah it's the the guy who tried to make his own rocket to go to space is he in it he's Elon not Musk no no he, no. he made his own no rocket. an actual flight after it's like some uncertified guy like essentially started up like a Kickstarter uh, and got like loads of other flat earthers to give him money so he could build a homemade rocket mm. so he could fire himself up into space to see it for himself. I'll do it. Uh, you the Darwin Award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like It's such a ramshackle thing. But also, when you see him in interviews and stuff, he quite clearly doesn't even believe in the flat earth theory. He just wants to money go to space. Yeah. Like a Fair play if he wants to... <laughs> Take advantage of uh, a bunch of loonies, man, yeah. to, to uh, achieve his dream. Um, but also, he's making it himself, so he is going to die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, that man's the future of Darwin. Keeps, he keeps award. delaying his launch. No, it's, I don't think it's is like he an launch. engineer or anything. No, like oh, it's not on his part. I don't know. Like, I think he keeps getting denied the yeah the right to do it. No fucking wonder they're yeah. probably like, mate, you don't know what the fuck you're yeah. doing. You can be on, remember? Like you play with explosives, etc., etc. So, so if you like documentaries, which are a wee bit kind of, it's, it's quite a light heart, not light hearted look at a subculture, which is dead weird and kind of hilarious. Um, it's, it's worth there and a half. I don't know, man. Yeah, again, like in, I'll watch it. In a time where everything was alright in the world, or like most things were alright in the world, or the world just wasn't as much of a fucking fire as it is just now, man. Like I could so make, pre-internet I, days. Yeah, I could watch that and maybe laugh at it then. But like these days, like I don't need to see more fucking morons. I d- I'm not going to voluntarily sit for an hour and a half to watch idiots when you I'm surrounded by you, them at all times. But you love like fail army and fail videos. And mm. But they're not like idiots. That's just misfortune. You know, like the people in those oh. videos aren't necessarily stupid. You sit and, just w- unfortunate. You've sat and watched five seasons of Agents of Shield. That is true. <laughs> I have no comeback for that whatsoever. Mm. And I will happily watch season <laughs> six when it comes out this year. Well, <laughs> uh, I've watched watched a good load of uh, Batman the animated series. I got the, the new Blu-ray set for Christmas. Yeah, let me say. Uh, so I've been working my way through them. They are as good as they ever were. Yep. Uh, it may be one of the purest takes on the Batman franchise mm-hmm. in the visual media. I think. I would go as far to say that I think a lot of them are better than any of the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I believe you, if you have Amazon Prime, they're all on there as well. All right, okay. So you can get them watched there, along with the two seasons of the Justice League cartoon, which are also really good. I I tried watching that, and they I'm not sure what it was, but like it was the first episode that, that it said it was the first episode, but like there's a part in it where. Is it Green Lantern or Green Arrow? One of the two of them is like stopping a robbery in a supermarket. Right, that's season. That's the first season of Justice League Unlimited, right. which is technically season three. Right, because yeah, that's, that was my going to yeah. be my point. It's like it just seemed like it was like already an established yeah. thing 
It's like it didn't seem like a, an introduction to the, yeah, the world and stuff. Two, it just seemed really there's two seasons of Justice League and two seasons of Justice League Unlimited. Right. And they're by the same people that did Batman the Animated Series. Right. Um, they're also worth watching. It also just seemed a wee bit odd that a uh, somebody as high powered as I think pretty sure it was Green Lantern was a uh, just stopping like a a robbery in a supermarket. It just seemed like that should have been beneath him. Is that space cop? Yeah. So obviously I the guess. Green Lanterns are space I cops. Guess. What about you, Pack? Have you watched anything? I watched The Mist, watched Parks and Rec. I'm sure there's something else. Russian Doll. I watched all of Russian oh, Doll. How did you watch it? How was it? Like, have you not seen it? Did we I've not talk not, about it? Yeah, I've still not watched it yet. We spoke about it last week though, right? Didn't we? On the you show, said you were going to watch it or you, or you had been watching it, yeah. I, it's surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. It's short. I think it's only like eight or nine episodes and they're only half an hour each. Uh, so there's not like... And a lot of other Netflix shows, like all the kind of Marvel ones and stuff, there's like so much filler episodes and stuff, and like it starts to drag its heels. And this one, it kind of gives you progression to like either the the kind of rules of the world or the character development in every episode. Like there's no wasted time with it. Um, doesn't really spend too much time retreading old ground, which is ironic considering that it is a kind of Groundhog Day style setup for a thing where people are living the same events over and over mm. and over again. I the main actress in it she was in American Pie what's yeah. her name Natasha Leon. she's kind of irritating for a lot of I've never liked her in anything yeah like she's not great in this uh, to begin with but like her character like she does she does a good performance in this uh, even if it's not like an amazingly likeable character mm. like she's got like enough presence to kind of to carry it on uh, carry it off even with, I don't know blah, whatever Um yeah, it was it was pretty enjoyable. It was fun. It was worth watching. Uh, not really much more I can say about it without spoiling it. Mm-hmm. I, I will yeah, say yeah. like maybe it wraps up a bit too simple at the end. And I, although it spends like a lot of its kind of runtime debating like the nature of the loop that they're stuck in. Mm-hmm. By the end of the show, it kind of it's hard to take it as anything other than some form of outside interference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, like in, well, I suppose Groundhog Day is the same in it. Like you're never explicitly told there's any kind of divine will on the go. No. But the way he breaks the loop is by making her fall in love with him. So it's like that's a requisite. So you'd think that there's some well, setup. There's, there's that, but he he has to become a, a better person as well. Yeah, which he, exactly. he, does, he does do over that, the course that of That again time. would like indicate that there's like some form of higher power at work. Yeah, but that's what's great about. That's what's great about a lot of those films is because a lot, a lot of like Hollywood films try to explain these dilemmas. Whereas Groundhog Day is great because you're like, it is a dilemma, but we're going to watch Bill Murray work through it. Yeah. We don't need to know this why one, it happened. It's just it is. It's happened. This one never explains what it is, but like it, it makes it more clear that there's something else going on because like things change in the world depending on the situation. So. You know, she'll die and start the loop again. Mm. But this time, like the the fruit is rotten. Uh, you know, like indicating that like it's still experiencing time normally mm. and stuff like that. But then like she'll die again, and like people who were there before are now missing and stuff. But then like as she starts to like fix the problem, like these things get reversed. So it's very much like. Right. Sorry, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna rewatch Groundhog Day. I love that fucking movie. That's an excellent, excellent movie. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me what else you watched this week. Uh, at the cinema, me and you went and watched. Uh, well, not together, but we both watched it uh, on the basis of sex. Yes, we did. Um, uh, your thoughts? 
Right, On the Basis of Sex, for people who don't know, uh, oh, yeah. is the biopic of uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, who was instrumental in women's rights, women's rights movement. Um, she's portrayed here by Felicity Jones. Uh, her best work. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, it's a good piece. It's, um, it's a very well put together biopic. Um a little fluffy in places for my tastes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's a very, it's a very aspirational movie, I think. Ah, yeah. Because um, Ginsburg is always portrayed as like the plucky underdog, mm-hmm. which to be fair, in that situation she is. Yeah. But a lot of the kind of, the reactions you get from it is this kind of almost John Cena-esque, well, I never got them this time. It's always the next time. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Like I it's mean, a, it's a wee bit. It's a wee bit kind of, uh, time life kind of made for TV movie places. Yeah. It's. I mean, I I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was a very entertaining um and sweet movie. Um, given what given the subject matter, it does a lot of what Hollywood biopics seem to be doing right now where you get the glossy highlights and if there is dilemmas or problems they're highlighted but they don't like like, it's like what Neil was saying the plucky underdog who are going to get them another time yeah. it's you see her like in like getting interviews and she's getting or, or she's not allowed this because she's a woman or she's not allowed that because oh, she's going to be a mother and this and she is a mother and this and the other but it, it's just kind of you get that scene and it's like shit she's in hard times now whereas you're like you kind of want to see. You want to kind of get more, a bit more of the meat. You know, you yeah. a, a bit more it, of the emotional like, meat from there, it. There you know like, what I mean? There's a scene like, and it's not really, it's not spoiling anything because no. it's a biopic, and it's been like the first twenty minutes. Uh, her husband, who she's a first year at Harvard Law, mm. her husband's a second year at Harvard Law. Uh, her husband gets testicular cancer, mm-hmm. so she decides that she will go to his classes and her own yeah and do like type up all his work and stuff like that while he recovers yeah uh, so you get that decision she goes to class and then suddenly he's better and time's passed yeah uh you don't really see any of that kind of she's going to do too much classes yeah it she's doesn't really take its toll or yeah she never seems phased by it Mm-mm. Um, and I raised I raised the question with myself was right these, this is 1956 she's they're a young couple who are both students have a baby daughter live in a nice apartment who's paying for all that? I could understand that could understand so that. it's like you, you don't see any of the the kind of real life issues which would kind of hit a family that way yeah um, and for it being a biopic, I felt the, I don't want to say ba- bad guys, but I'm going to say bad guys, mm. all seemed quite, almost kind of pantomime-esque to a certain degree. Um, there was a lot of very kind of, <laughs> there was that, yeah, but I, is I it like the sort of people you would see in that fucking Iron Maiden thing is the square an Iron Maiden music video. I like it's it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a kind of cliche. Yeah, it's, man. A, it's, a, it's a highly cliched version of the the white patriarchy of the time. Yeah. yeah, it's like she's a woman. 
how dare we? Yeah. How dare they? Like one of the, the one of the main guys is like, yeah, what you yeah is like, yeah. So women can now be Harvard law students. So get up and explain why a man didn't take your position. Yeah. I'm not like, saying it didn't happen I, it's the way it's kind of done I can I can believe that that's what it was but I think just for the kind of film that I was kind of looking for it lacks nuance it lacks nuance yeah. mm-hmm. which is a, like a big problem with a lot of these things but it's enjoyable it's a very enjoyable film very entertaining Who, who's to say there wasn't like a cut of this movie that had like a more kind of nuanced kind of bad guy and then test audiences saw it and they were like fucking strip that shit back, take the edges off. Well, I mean, the thing is, as well as like, because Ruth Ginsburg is like the is the as well as like the the women's rights thing. Her being like the the center of the whole thing, she's a really interesting and likable character. Yeah. As is her husband Marty, even though again, like he works for a firm who again have all these like things about women like you know that they should still be in the kitchen and still be at home you know that kind of thing like you were saying lacks nuance it lacks a wee bit more of that meat like you know what I mean that emotional kind of strike of yeah but this is the it should, does it feel intentional though does it feel like it was done it feels so that, it so feels a wee bit glossed yeah but like right you're that's saying what that, I'll say. right, I, I can see what you're saying but is it a decision that's been made Purely because the central message of the film is something you want to push and make clear. Yeah, that is, it's, it's definitely a choice that the the for the biopic it's going to be. This is an aspirational yeah. film, which I don't have a problem with. Mm. I think like and the, the I, other film we all watched today is probably along the same lines as that. Yeah, right? kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's kind of like I were talking about this earlier. Like it's I it was like kind of Bohemian Rhapsody when it was getting. Um, advertised as like oh, it's the untold story of Freddie Mercury and like Sasha Baron Cohen was originally going to play Freddie Mercury but dropped out because he was like uh, like he wanted a kind of meteor biopic like we don't want to gloss over the man's troubles and that and when you watch BB Rhapsody Freddie Mercury does go into there's a lot of times he is in trouble and with like you know addictions and things like that but it's kind of glossed over because it is a celebration of the band Queen as opposed to a biopic of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that was limitations that the rest yeah. of the band... And there's a lot of things it? that happen in the film where historically that's incorrect, but for the purposes of the film, it flows better. And they've there's certain things that are taken out that should be in, or certain events of folk meeting folk that don't happen, but for the convenience of the film, at this point in the character's journey, it's better to have it in that point. Wait, and, are we talking about fighting with your family yet? I was talking about... I was thinking the exact well, same thing. In terms of talking about like, I don't, I don't even know like anything about like wrestling and stuff like that, but like I, when you were saying that, like I was thinking of all the moments with The Rock that was in that film. Yeah, but I mean, that yeah. moves us swiftly on to what we all watched today. Yeah. No, no, finish your point, mate. Well, that was uh, all I was basically saying was like I mean a lot of Hollywood biopics are purposely there to be aspirational as opposed to well we don't want audiences to see too much grimness in that you know it's we want them to more be joyous than happy. Yeah. Yeah. See, like in the, in the past, like I think we've all, but especially me, have been like down on like movies for not being able to handle these kind of bigger issues and stuff in a, a way that they kind of do deserve. But like, how much of that do you think is just down to like test audiences not fucking getting complex issues? In in this case, I don't think that's the case. No. When it's like biopics and stuff like that, I don't think that's the case. Sometimes folk will just want to make like, as I said, I I enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody. If someone says like, is it a really well told biopic? I'm like, no. Especially, especially somebody seen as like a kind of 
Heroic figure in pop culture. Mm. Yeah, like again, I'm like, oh, it's, the film is a celebration of the band Queen. That's what that is. Whereas, like, with on the basis of sex, it's a celebration of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's as a person, as a kind of courageous woman for that time. Yeah. One one thing it has made me want to go and watch the documentary RBG. Yeah, which is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and actually find out the kind of reality of the situation. Aye, because you'll be you'll find out a lot of the details that yeah. you don't see. Because, like you said. There's a, there's a, at one point he has cancer then he just doesn't yeah. and you're like there's been no kind of t- like we haven't seen the journey between this chemo yeah. to recovery and it's like well the film's not really about that but it, it the time passes very quickly yeah and like, that, if, if it's like a thread in the film though that it's something they should you know pay attention you to get, for the sake of yeah. the narrative you like, get yeah you get a bit of it like his if, it diagnosis. Was, if it was important enough to put it in there, then a resolve yeah, to that would it's have like, been... There's this diagnosis, and then it's like the she's going to go to both her classes and his, take notes, ask him about... Uh, read him the notes, he'll say what he's got to say, she'll type it up. It's like, again, it's about the fact that, as well as doing all that, and she's a mum and a husband, that she's just this truly... She's a rem- and a husband? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, she's a, a mother and a husband, as well as being a student and all that. It's she's just, a husband? She's a husband? A, a wife. Sorry, there we go, yeah. there we go. You got uh, it. A mother, a wife, and like this student, uh, this aspirational Harvard uh, yeah. law student. Just, so, just one scene of her looking knackered is all you needed. But you don't get it. Don't get it. No. Still... Going back, to like, going back to like your money problems thing though, like I mean, how how expensive is it to go to Harvard? Like I'm guessing if she was there in the first it's place, she's from like that. a mega it's, wealthy it's, family. It's the fact like. that, no, it's well, I I, the, I I think she was there on scholarship. Yeah, right. Which is fine. You get you get in on scholarship, but you're still going to pay your rent. Raise a kid. Okay. No, I'm saying that, like, but, like how rich is her f- actual family though? Like, well, that's kind of why I kind of now want to watch the documentary yeah, because you, you, you to never, actually get that background. Yeah, because you don't get told that, do you? You only get you, all. You, all you know is that she's from Brooklyn and she's Jewish. Yeah, it's so like she's probably not that rich. Yeah, but again, you see, because like it takes place over like it goes from like the fifties, the sixties, and the seventies. You see, like this family unit, because again, that is a, a, an important thing: is the fact that without her family pushing her, she, you know, and the support she gets from her husband and her daughter, and that she wouldn't have been the person she is, and all that. Oh, and the daughter was really annoying. Hey, I she was a bit annoying. She ate loads of pies to put on weight for this role. No, is that all going over? What? Uh, it was a vice joke for Christian Bale, but like, oh, that right, uh, yeah. did they work I'll cut this bit yeah. out man it was so sound cool I'll see something else I'll put like a laugh track in or something right um, come on that was good fuck you guys right uh, do you want to talk about or fight right okay okay Paco <laughs> as a non-wrestling fan will we start with the synopsis Tom you take the synopsis okay so Fight With My Family is written and directed by Stephen Merchant it's uh, produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson in conjunction with WWE uh, movies uh, and it is the story of WWE superstar Paige uh, and how she went from a uh, knowledge based wrestling group AWA to WWE superstar. Is it WAW? It was WAW. WAW, sorry, uh, to WWE superstar. And uh, the, again, the crux of the film being that like um, her family or a family of wrestlers uh, and she's given this big opportunity and. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a, about her journey, basically. An underdog story, yeah. because like, she's like a total fish out of water, little yeah. quiet girl from a backwater country, being thrust into Florida and being told to compete against... Yeah, is it also starts... 
It also stars uh, Vince Vaughn as the the coach, uh, the NXT coach, um, and yeah, it's uh, again I, the thing that I found when I remember when this was getting announced that Stephen Merchant was writing directing. I was like, okay, because I like Stephen Merchant, I like his comedy writing, um, and the, most of the, I think this is the first thing he's directed by himself because most of it has been with co co directed by with him and Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And somebody else, wasn't it? Like, it was three of them that were involved in Seventy Junction, wasn't it? No, it was just two of them. It was just two? Yeah. Um, that's a great film. really enjoy that. But this this was... Uh, that's that's the synopsis, so what's your question? So, Pago, as a non-wrestling fan, with no kind of background on this storyline to begin with in the real world, how did you find wrestling with my family? I, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was relatively entertaining. I thought that it had a lot of kind of charm in the dialogue in a similar manner, very similar manner to a Cemetery Junction. Mm. But I think that the dialogue did lack something. Like it all seemed really unnatural and like just a, a bit more PG than it needed to be uh, in general. I but like even having as you said like no understanding of wrestling whatsoever like I just really don't like the most I know about wrestling I get through the giant bombcast stuff and like occasionally you guys talking about stuff when I happen to be in the room I could still see where things were put into the story that shouldn't have been there like the rock uh, every single time he appears just seems like it's there purely because the rock is famous and put money into it and people recognise him you know so it's like he, he just seemed like a, a really kind of artificial kind of part of the film uh, like that was yeah. kind of well you, you hit the, you hit the, yeah. you hit the nail on the head there he's a co-producer and by putting him in it it will sell tickets it's more relatable I mean, it, it becomes, I mean, yeah. he's on the poster he is only in the film for five minutes it, that, it makes more sense for him to be in the scenes that he's in um, well there was one scene in particular where I thought The Rock would never be doing this is that when she's getting told that she's yeah. going to be on WWE uh, yeah um, but it makes more sense because you're not really going to have the Triple H character or a Vince McMahon or something like that because your average punter going to see this film will not know, no, no, will not know it. Yeah, but I mean, like, as the rocks are recognisable. Yeah, again, though, no, like I, yeah. I realise, like I'm a wee bit kind of different here because, like, I do hear these terms and these people's names and stuff. Mm. But like when she was in that room, like uh, before the Rock came in, I was expecting it to be Vince McMahon that walked in. Right. I, I also didn't really understand when this was supposed to be set because like everything that happened in it seemed like it was mega recent it is it is mega right. recent yeah it's like 2011 2012 is that right uh, well they in the film they date it as Wrestlemania 30 ah wait so that's so that's what four years ago yeah it, but that's like but lot, I think it was, that, was before that was it not Um. yeah because I thought that Paige was like 2012, maybe 2013, she was Divas Chap. Yeah. But like a lot of the stuff in this made it feel like it was as recent as Neil's suggesting, though. Yeah. I, I mean, that's me not knowing a thing about wrestling. That's like mm -hmm. just the things they spoke about in See, it. They were cultural. To, to, to the people, I think to people watching it without the wrestling background, I don't think the time frame actually really made much difference to that yeah. film. Mm. I, I'll say this, though. It all seemed so rushed, though. Like you guys were saying that like she was part of NXT. For a year, yeah, that that was my uh, issue with the pacing. Yeah, this it was like they talk about how she's been there for four months, and even at that point, I only felt like she'd only just got to yeah. Florida, and then she's like kind of thrust into this situation where she's like winning a divas champion belt thing, and for me, not 
uh, known or really liking wrestling, it made it feel like a confirmation of a criticism that a lot of people have about it being so fake and kind of pointless because like if she is this person who's just been doing this for a couple of months and then wins some kind of championship title that completely belittles the idea of a championship title do you mean but also in the film you you see her she's been doing it for since she was 13 years old she's been wrestling since she was 13 years old but like she's not been a part of that organisation or anything like to, to the general public they don't know who she is they don't know They've not been following her since she was 13. I, I know what you mean. To the general that public, that, like, it looks as if she is being given a Divas title or, uh, yeah, thing. For, in, for, for no reason. Just Not so much for no reason. It's like she's been, she's been, she's just been accepted as maybe been there a month and is now getting a Divas title. And now she's just the champion. Match, which you're like, it's you're like, glossing over the fact that she was NXT Women's Champ yeah. and yeah. things like that. But, so, like, but to the general like, public, you're I like, mean, that's hell rushed. As a parallel to this, right? Because like, and, and it's kind of, basic kind of form it is an underdog sports story which we've seen fucking hundreds of right but like look at Rocky which is the closest comparison I can think of this where an unknown gets a shot at the title that's written into the narrative of Rocky that is the whole point is that like Apollo Creed picks him precisely because he's an unknown but like it makes it feel more kind of worthwhile because Rocky goes the distance and stuff like that but in this one it's just like they already kind of talk about how it's fixed. They, they say that line about like it's it's fixed, it's not faked because mm-hmm. they still get injured, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the movie does a really good job of making those moves seem really impressive. Yeah. Uh, but it also go it also does a good job of making sure the audience understand the mechanics yeah. Of, yeah. of wrestling as being storytelling and not being yeah, real because they they uses they but, use terms like face and heel and receipt yeah, and they but, explain it in a way but that's, like, that's the thing though like, like all, all, the, all that movie did for me was kind of confirm that this is something I don't find interesting because it's so fake like and I, I had the thought a couple of times not so much during the movie because like I think that we we watched the real wrestling match that the end of this movie is based on mm-hmm. uh, and then asked you to show us like another like technically impressive wrestling match after that alright and like the movie stuff that they were doing in that looked really impressive and I don't know if it's because like being that I know it's a movie based on a a sport that I consider to be fake like I was willing to drop that mental barrier of it's all fake and just enjoy what I was seeing or whether or not the movie was just doing a better job of selling those moves with the way they were shot because we watched the actual technical thing again like some of the stuff they were doing were imp- was impressive and like you were like really getting into it Tom mm. but all I could think about was if the kind of story aspect of this was dropped and it was just these people doing the stunts without any kind of indicator of it supposedly being any type of competitive match I would have enjoyed what they were doing more than adding some fake narrative to it does should, that make sense? You should watch uh, New Japan then. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be a Ring of Honor fan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, does that make sense? I can understand your point of view from that, yeah. So, you'd rather it was just portrayed as this is just sport? No, not even just sport, because like, sport is a real thing. <laughs> okay, like, you know, like winning and losing in sport isn't something that's predecided. Like, I'm talking about yeah. like the performance of it. Like, if it was more like Taking away the narrative part of it makes it much more like parkour. So the fighting without theatre. Yeah. So like doing all the kind of fancy jumps off the ropes and the barreling around and like kind of tumbling over each other. And Watch New Japan, getting, mate. That's getting all that caught is. up in each other and kind of... <laughs> so Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Even, yeah, even that. I mean, when it comes down to it though, like I'm not saying that 
uh, the idea that it's fake is the thing I dislike about it even because I love martial arts movies and none of that's real yeah. uh, but like martial arts movies like the the narrative in a martial arts movie is very very separate from the actual fights in a martial arts movie well it depends you what know, it is because like, sometimes it's such a, a like a Tony Jaa film is a thin narrative with loads of yeah, impressive uh, yeah Choreography, but like the re- wrestling matches that I have seen so far, tend to try and like weave the fighting and the narrative into the one thing, and like so many much, like so many of the bits in like the actual wrestling match that we watched, like people are just standing around, like kind of pretending to look mega dazed until it's like their next kind of time to do stuff, and like it all just doesn't look right to me. Like it looks too fake to me. Like if it was more. Kind of, and I realise what they're doing is like already like a fucking mega extreme fit thing that I could never achieve. Right, I, I, I'm not saying that they're not talented, mm. but like, I just don't feel that the the kind of the flow of it goes in a satisfactory manner. Like, and the storylines are all fucking stupid. Aye. Okay. And now Neil looks offended. <laughs> but like, I, the point being, going back to the movie part of it though, as I, I enjoyed all the wrestling parts in the movie as mm. a movie. But like that did not translate over into enthusiasm for the actual wrestling that we watched afterwards. No. Oh, no point in that ever. Thank yeah, you. Like I, I got, but I kind of did a wee bit. Like I was like, maybe, maybe I can understand this a bit better. And then it was just nah. Oh, how naive are you? Yeah. <laughs> like that end fight in the movie was like so brief, and I thought that it'd be like amazingly truncated compared to like what happened in real life. But then like you see the real life one is like That's just as fucking short. It's like mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it wasn't the main show for that night, as you said. It was like a wee stop gap at the halfway point or something. But like, mm-hmm. if I'd paid money and that was the result of the thing I'd gone to see, it'd be like, fuck this noise, that is yeah, terrible. Yeah, but again, that's because you don't know what's happened at like WrestleMania yeah. or that. Yeah, you're, you're not you're, involved you're, you're, in you're, the, 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 yeah, the soap yeah. opera that's been yeah. the ongoing soap opera. You're, you're you're la- you're la- you look the, like you want to fucking you're lacking. You're lacking the context of yeah. that. So that, that was my take on it. Like, I thought the movie was overall pretty enjoyable. Like, it's it, it does the same thing Century Junction did pretty well, where it's like, it gets that kind of small town sentimentality, right? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of feeling mm-hmm. yeah. of, like, a community working together and, like, like a, a, a kind of, a family just yeah. kind of, you know, not... Yeah, like, I really, yeah. I really enjoyed all the kind of family stuff. I think Nick Frost and Lena Headey are both very good in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the brother uh, of Luke Zach, uh, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt that it just all felt quite cheap to me. Like, yeah, like it, it felt like it should have been. And there's almost there's a point in the in the narrative where I felt episode one finished, episode two began, and that felt like this was had been made for like Channel Four, yeah, as a TV as show. a TV yeah. show, and they just didn't get it put together. Um, I I enjoyed all the stuff. So when you got like the kind of just the family drama stuff mm. or her doing all our training and stuff like that and it never wasn't it didn't really have that connection to the real life story of, of like actual events happening within WWE it felt like a better film but see when it kind of looked back from time to time of here's what's happening with the WWE yeah, yeah. to kind of give you the time frame it was jarring to me yeah and I think that's just because, uh, like anything that you watch historically, any kind of historical stuff that or biopics, when you know the story, yeah. or in this case when you lived through the weekly programming, you find the kind of gaps in their narrative, 
and they don't kind of mesh well. Mm-hmm. That's always the case, though. Like the more you know about a subject, when someone tries to cover that subject, like the faults in it totally fucking yeah. absolutely stand out a mile. Mm. Yeah, it's the same as like we both watched Outwalking and kind of enjoyed it, and then uh, my mate Stephen like put a comment on thing of inaccurate pish. Mm. But like, I don't know fucking anything yeah. about what happened during you know Robert the Bruce days. So to me, like I didn't sit there and go that shouldn't have happened or that didn't happen at that time or whatever. Or yeah, but it's the same it. as like well Braveheart is an accurate yeah. pish, but it, it won Best Picture and yeah, Best Director yeah. and it made a lot of money. It's what? like yeah, it's an accurate pish, but it's uh, you. Get, if you're looking for, kind of comes back to what we're talking about historically correct or whatever. It's like you can make an entertaining film about a historical figure, and it can still make money if it glosses over like certain aspects or yeah. just things that never but happened. Really though, like if it's a historical thing, if it's an actual historical biopic, they kind of got a responsibility to show what actually happened. Mm. And I don't think that's like why, that's why you get the words inspired by. Yeah, but that's yeah. it's just lame. That's yeah. I mean, this for for me it entertained me enough and got me interested enough to want to see what that fight with Paige looked mm-hmm. like to want to see other wrestling stuff mm-hmm. you know then it was actually just watching wrestling made me realise oh yeah I don't like this yeah. uh, it was entertaining you know what I mean it's like I, I don't mean to be offensive you know, I'm not like trying to I, I, that, I like, don't find you yeah. offensive because you enjoy many things which are ridiculous yeah, yeah. as well like I'm not looking down on you guys for enjoying wrestling I just I know for a fact I cannot get into it there's mm-hmm. this there is some roadblock that exists within me that just stops me from enjoying it. Yeah, I, I thought it was an entertaining uh, little yeah. film. Uh, As someone who doesn't like wrestling, I would still recommend this movie to people. Yeah, I would agree with Neil. I thought the uh, Frost and uh, Nick Frost and Larry Hardy were great. Um, I thought that like the family comedy and all that. The thought the comedy was really good. Um, Again, it's kind of uh, like an episode of Shameless. Uh, MD, MD, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly yeah, how it yeah. felt. MD, this like seen any of Stephen Merchant's work or whatever. There's a lot of his comedy writing comes through. I thought quite well in this. I know you were saying it felt unnatural at times, Paco, but I was like, oh, this is fine. Hmm. Um, but yeah, as someone that liked wrestling, you know, it was I could see them try to explain it for an audience that didn't, and I thought they did quite successfully. Uh, th- again, like Neil said, just like having to live through those episodes and knowing how it went. And knowing that that's not quite how it ends, you're just kind of like, yeah. I mean, for the purposes of cinema, that that's whatever. But that's not quite how it happened. And it, also, it, just like when they have, they have kind of like weird analogs for like other current wrestlers, mm. and seeing the the portrayal of those three women as well, mm-hmm. this is kind of weird as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That was like my favorite bit in the whole movie was a the fight between the four women. Uh, because like there was a lot of really good technical stuff here because like up to that point like I don't know who they were supposed to be which mm. I think is why this wasn't as bad for me but up until that point in the movie they were seen as like kind of her adversaries you know like they were just people who were there to kind of put her down and be the person she well, was, they were the mean girls yeah, yeah but at the yeah. same at the same but, like, time that, that fight though like they all started actually doing some pretty impressive wrestling moves with a, all of them all I, four yeah. of them. I quite like the kind of dynamic that they had with that whole relationship uh, between um, the four lassies was like Paige comes into and she's she's from a wrestling family she's done the wrestling and then she has this thing of yeah well and her mum's like yeah they just get models and cheerleaders who shake their tits and want to be famous and she kind of has that in her head when she sees it like ask these uh, girls oh, I was a model I was this I've not really wrestled before 
and she's kind of annoyed at that but she feels like the outsider and then there's a scene where she goes to confront them and then she kind of learns a wee bit more of them she says yeah we're just tits and ass and he's like yeah you judge them the same way you and she kind of learns like well I've judged them and I shouldn't have done that because they're judging me for taking one look at me and I quite liked how that dynamic kind of got uh, how it kind of moved on from that and they became they had this kind of really good relationship yeah, yeah. because you see them goading each other like not to quit yeah, and yeah. like to, to, to be better and I, I liked that I thought it was a really nice wee kind of wee bit more layer to those characters in that in that film and I was like yeah that, that was actually really good really well worked out yeah, it worked really well in Rocky Three as well. It did, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, all in all, I, I was I was very entertaining film. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, if you like underdog stories, yeah. th- there's enough in this yeah, to keep you entertained. It's a, it's a reasonably enjoyable hour, hour and a half. Yeah, it's definitely don't be put off by the fact that it, the the story is about wrestling. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's more there's enough there. Yeah, it is about wrestling, but a lot of it is more about family. But yeah, yeah. like. All, all the wrestling sequences in this and even the training bits like a they all came across as like being genuinely tough and difficult to pull off and mm. stuff and like they mm. sold like a lot of the moves amazingly well like more so than that match we watched with a was it Ricochet yeah. and Velveteen Dream well done uh, and some oh somebody black Alistair Black Alistair Black mm-hmm. I can't remember the other ones. That's it. That's all I got. Champa, like all, they, there was a lot of just standing around with them that felt really just like it shouldn't have been there. Superfluous, like you know, it's like the sort of thing where like I realise that they don't have much time to like choreograph these things and like there's like a, a lot to remember, but it just feels that like if they would get more time, they could to edit it. Even though I know it's live, but like just it could be cleaned up in a way to make it more palatable. I don't know what all the standing about as he was talking there's about. There's a lot of it. Watch it again, man. Like maybe you've just got like wrestling blinkers when it comes to this stuff because you've watched or, that or much. Maybe of it. I know who to focus on while I'm watching it. But that's the thing, though. Like you, you shouldn't. That should never be a concern. Like if you're looking at the screen and those things are happening, your eyes should naturally be going to but who you're supposed to see when follow. see when those kind of stand about bits happen. Right, every wrestling fan knows. Right, this sequence is about to happen. And that's why they're yeah, doing it. Yeah, but to people who are maybe just getting into it and don't like it that much, though, it all just makes it seem that much more fake. Again, for like like you said, you're watching it. Whereas me and Neil have watched it quite a bit. So when we watch a match, you expect certain spots, certain cues, certain yeah, things you, to happen. You guys have got used to those inconsistencies. It's well, you yeah. say inconsistencies. We get used to the the storytelling of that get match. Used to the mechanics. Yeah. yeah, it's the same like. There's like so much stuff in video games that like I don't even fucking register because I played that many video games. But then somebody else will bring something up and like, oh yeah, that is weird. Or let's go back to just how fucking weird Japanese anime can be, where there's like a lot of stuff where I'm so used to just instantly tuning shit out. That like I don't think about it until somebody else brings it up. You know, it's oh it's don't, yeah, don't brothers. There are times even like the most uh, oh yeah, wrestling's de- really dumb. Yeah, dedicated wrestling yeah. fan is like, oh why that um, mate, it's wrestling. Yeah, but yeah. Do you guys have anything else to say about? No, not really. Like, like, like you said, don't be put off the fact that it's a a film about a a family of wrestlers. It's, it's that that is about that. But there's a lot of entertaining uh, efforts about it that it shouldn't put you off. It's a very entertaining and fun story. Quite an uplifting thing. Yeah. Like the other thing as well, being that like, being that a she seems to be like quite an integral person to uh, women's wrestling. 
it doesn't really focus so much on women's issues kind of thing like that doesn't ever really that's not the movie it is you know what I mean no it's it's, no, it's, a, it's, about, it's about a relationship to her yeah, family there's a, like a title card at the end that kind of mentions just how important she was to like the respect of women in wrestling and stuff like that which also had like a funny joke about uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson found success <laughs> outside of wrestling as if yeah. we don't know who he is that yeah. was pretty good I thought they were going to say uh, he produced this film you know like things like that no, that, that, the Wii Q car comes up because it is that way. We, f- for this film we made now, um, we're in, in in wrestling, we're in a moment where like women's wrestling and like airtime for the women's matches and championships and things like that is, you might even call it the golden era yeah, because it's getting, more time, it's yeah. getting a lot, it's getting, a, it's getting a lot better. There's a lot more equal play in terms of like, main eventing things yeah. things but like that's, that that's my point though is that yeah. like it would have been so easy for the, this movie to have went down that route where that's what the movie is about yeah and that's yeah it's no it's, it's more just like this was the well, not the catalyst but she was one of the catalysts for it even though the Divas title was a backward title <laughs> but it was the title at the time it was so. I'm so <clears throat> fucking glad it doesn't exist anymore alright what's it replaced by the so Women's Championship. Championship right right Um. Yeah, uh, that'll do it. Is, uh, so, what were you guys? Anything to say about the Oscars? Um, what was the whole Spike Lee thing with the? Was it the cup of tea? Uh, or he, he took the half because Green Book won. Was <clears throat> is that what? All right. Well, well, I mean, that was always going to happen. Is Spike, I don't even know why Spike Lee went. I thought he's going to take the half anyway. Uh, he won best uh, adapted screenplay, was he not? He did. It was when him. He went and collected. It was him and two other guys. I think yeah. it was jo- the, the Jordan Peele co-writer. I know he produced it. No, I don't think he co-wrote it. Was there anything actual noteworthy that happened during it? Um, Everything, I think, happened, pretty much happened exactly how I thought it was going to go. I never stayed up for it, but when I seen that Roma was being announced as a best foreign language film, I knew Green Book was winning Best Picture. Um, A lot of folk were saying about... Bet that really stuck in Jason's fucking thing. Seems to be on a mission when it comes to Green Book, didn't he? Whereas, uh, fucking... Uh, oh damn it <laughs> fuck it I start as born I was like that is winning nothing that is winning best song and that is it uh, I, there was no doubt in my mind that's not winning best picture or director did or, it just win best song yeah, yeah. right. best picture was Green Book I think that's what everybody thought so, so like, I take it into the Spider-Verse that that one. Best animated, yeah. is that all it won because yeah. it deserves more than that that's all it was nominated for I think yeah uh, but it was up against. Hold on, it. hold on. Beaming Rhapsody won editing, right? Yeah. Yes. And Spider Verse didn't. It was yeah. Spider Verse nominated. Even though there's a there's a I think it's what was it? It's like a fifty second sequence of Beaming Rhapsody that has a hundred and fifty five edits mm. in it. Mm. Um, Fuck the Oscars, man. Uh, yeah. Um, utterly meaningless. Yeah. Rami Malek won Best Actor. You thought I, I thought that was gonna happen. I was, I was like, yeah, fair enough. I thought he kind of deserved it. Olivia Coleman won Best Actress. I was very happy about that because to go from Peep Show to now Academy Award winner. What was she in? Uh, the the, the favourite. Oh, right, okay, right, okay. Again, I, I was like, yeah. I didn't watch it. Who is Glenn Close pissed off? I know, she's never winning it. Yeah. She has been she nominated like six fucking that. times and she's no got it. Amy Adams again never got it. For Vice. Vice. Yeah. Mm. She was really fucking good in that as well. Yeah. Who was the wife in uh, First Man? 
Uh, was she nominated for anything? Because her performance in that was also fucking amazing. I got like visual effects. Mm. It it was not up for actor, picture, fuck all, director. Like her performance in that was absolutely Mm. fucking amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Who is she? I don't know. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. In The Crown. Right. Yeah. And she was in The Girl. Oh, aye. She's in New Elizabeth's Land. What's what's that two actors in there? Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Yeah. She was really fucking good in First Man. Yeah, um, but that's that's what we were all kind of surprised because first man got completely overlooked. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything I thought was going to happen happened, and I'm happy. It was never happening, but if Black Panther won Best Picture, I'm like, you kidding me? Did it win anything? Uh, well, it like, won like uh, costume design, visual effects, maybe. Visual effect. No, I don't think it got visual no. effects. It won like four it Oscars. Should, it, yeah, it totally shouldn't. Have if it, if it won visual effects, then it fucking should it not got, have done. Uh, best. Best soundtrack. Completely. I can see that. Yeah, that was a good. was a good soundtrack. Yeah, that was it. Such a mediocre film, though. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm aware that it's an important film, like just culturally. But my God, was it just so but fucking. We don't give awards out. Yeah, exactly. Being culturally good. Yeah, it was um, so fucking run of the mill. But yeah, nothing. I thought there was no controversy. I think at the Academy Awards. No, I didn't it was just that. kind of. Everything that I thought would happen happened, but there was no tre- tremendous outburst. I mean, see, when we went to the quiz th- uh, that night, mm. and it was like Spike Lee's cup of tea or whatever it was. The there's two teams. I I was like I, I didn't. Jason's team. I, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just I figured though that when they, when you then said Spike Lee took the half, I was like, of course he did. Of course he does. He takes the half all the time. I saw he was dressed like Waluigi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, uh, and then it. they come out we are now dressed made of bacon or is that now long no long Lady Gaga came out with like a, a necklace that apparently was worth X amount of millions that of dollars or something. the last person to wear it it was Audrey Hepburn yeah, no go. not Audrey Hepburn it was was it Audrey Hepburn I thought it was no it was um, the other Audrey Breakfast at Tiffany's that's Audrey Hepburn ok yeah it's Audrey Hepburn I think so. who's the other Audrey, Audrey Tattoo no <laughs> I think the Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, so the other Hepburn. The other Hepburn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, is Captain Marvel next week or the week after? It's March 9th. Next week then. Next week. What the fuck is that next week? Yeah. Jesus. That's it now, because we're in the we're in the last day of Febs. No, next week. Second last, tomorrow's last day. Fuck. Captain Yesterday. Marvel. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> Captain Marvel, man, that's the big one. What's that next week? Oh, we're going to see Ring on Friday. Oh yes, or so we are. Ringu, as it is properly known. Fuck, thanks for reminding me. It's in the original version of the Japanese the one. Yeah, you like it? That's weird, thank It's like mm, 8 o'clock on Friday night. I've seen it before and I'm not really too keen to see it again, if I'm being honest. Okay. Fair enough. Fuck you then. <laughs> the video wow. that they show in the Japanese version of the ring is way better than the American version. The Japanese version of the ring yeah, is way yeah. better than the American version. Uh, I really enjoy the American one. The, no, it's good. Is that because it's, it's, it's the it's first good. one you saw? Uh, yes, but also I, I, think, it's I a think good movie. Yeah, I think I would probably have that. I really enjoyed it if I hadn't saw the original first. I haven't seen all of Ring U. I've seen a wee bit of it. Did you see Ring Ring U? Ring U. Ring U. Ring U. You have the aftermath, which is a period drama set in post-war Hamburg with Kira Knightley. Uh, one of the scars guards I can't remember which one it looks kind of dull and professional gargoyle Jason Clark. it, it looks kind of dull I'll, I'll watch it 
because there's fuck all else on other than the hole in the ground, which actually looked quite good. What's that? About? Hole in the ground is a sad kind of. <laughs> I'm going to say it's sci-fi horror, but I don't know how much sci-fi is actually in it. Where boy goes, uh, like a meteor crashes in the woods. Uh, a wee boy runs into the woods, and mum chases after him, finds the boy. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The boy might not be. Like there's like the a scene boy. in it where like he jumps across the kitchen and drop kicks someone in the chest. Yeah. 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 I thought that looked alright. Uh, Is that a space pet cemetery? <laughs> it's more a kind of an invasion of the body snatchers. Oh, okay. And the other new release we have here is a film called What They Had with Hilary Swank, Blythe Danner, Michael Shannon, and Robert Foster. You said cast. So I know I've seen this trailer because I saw Michael Shannon's name come up in this movie trailer recently, but uh, I cannot think what that film is. It's. Uh, Hilary Swank returns home to Chicago uh, and her brother who's played by Michael Shannon is urging her to deal with her mother's Alzheimer's and her father's reluctance to let go of their life together right mm. family crisis drama mm. probably hard going yeah so I'll probably watch it what was the Hilary Swank movie where she was a cop was that Insomnia yeah yeah, yeah that was good mm-hmm do any of them sound interesting to you? Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's not out on Friday, Tommy. Yeah, Ringo. <laughs> yes, Ringo will be my film of the week, no doubt. That's an old film, though. It's... Uh, what do you want, man? There's not a lot out. Yeah, um, okay, okay. I, I will probably go to... I'll definitely go to The Hole in the Ground, because I like the look of that. Right. Um, I'll, I'll t- probably go to The Aftermath, just... To have something to talk about. I will try and watch Roma this week. <laughs> Did you guys do your homework from no. last week? Uh, I tweeted, uh, I cheated, it wasn't really a dealer celeb. Uh, I tweeted JCVD, but he's not going back you to think it. about you? Yeah. Uh, I tweeted Cynthia Rothrock, but alas, she did not even acknowledge. I think I tweet. tweeted Clancy Brown, or I thought about doing it. I also tweeted Chris Remo, who I don't think counts as a dealer celebrity, but like he's somebody who is pretty famous in certain circles. And uh, he actually replied. I have uh, no idea who that is. He is one of the developers who also did the music for Firewatch. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, they're currently making a game called In the Valley of the Kings. He you now works for Steam, but he's also the host of the Important of True podcast, which I'm a fucking huge fan of. Mm. But they, ever since they got bought over by Steam and they've been making this game, they've not had any time to do the podcasts. So like, I, a. Sent him a tweet asking if we'll ever see Important or True again, and he said, I don't know, sad face. I tweeted Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera asking. They're when, not real people, who's that? Asking, asking <laughs> when the next uh, volume of Black Science will be out, and they came back and said, soon. Soon. That might, counts, that counts. I might tweet um, Garth Ennis or Robin Ellis or. Now you're really taking these D listers to the extreme. Well, they're, 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 Garth Ennis and Warren Ellis are uh, prominent writers of uh, like Preacher, Hellblazer, right, they've right, done a lot right, of shit right, hot uh, right. comics. Mine were also comic people. <laughs> Why so. did we even like start this like tweet idealist? Like, because he brought up that guy for fucking road oh, as per Marshall R. Teague. That's right. Uh, you brought you then you said we had to do homework. Right. Fair enough. Well I mean we we tried and failed, I guess. I uh, also would like to say Welcome back, Canada. You're in the top three cities, uh, eh, sorry, countries of uh, people listening to the show, yeah. along with America and South Korea. 
Is there like Bulgaria <laughs> as well? A few folk from Bulgaria? Czech, Czech, Czech Republic. Republic, sorry, aye. Close. Those <laughs> are Russian bot numbers. Uh, they have dwindled. The Russian bots are uh, making a, a retreat because yeah. we drew attention to them. Mm. So is that us for this week? That is us for Thanks this week. Thanks, Ella, right? Uh, that was that person, the Quitchin. The Quitchin? The Quitchin. The Quitchin, mate. <laughs>